Hey, I'm Mark. And I'm Chris. And we're the Leftovers. No, we're not. Yes, we are. I did not agree to that. Hey, Chris. Hey. I got a got a good topic today. Marriage. What do you think about that? Good topic? Yeah. I'd like to discuss that. It's a little scary topic, but yeah. Scary? What's scary about marriage? Oh, there's, a, there's a lot scary about marriage. I don't see anything scary about it. Marriage is a scary topic just because the littlest thing can set somebody off hmm? in a marriage. Just oh, between the two. It makes you wonder, <clears throat> what is the definition of marriage? I wonder what that, what that is. What's the definition? Do you have a definition of marriage in your I have, mind? Or? I have my own definition in my mind, mm-hmm. but I mean, there is a worldly definition of it. Mm-hmm. My definition of marriage is a covenant made between a man and a woman under God. Eh, that's a little too vague. Um, marriage is supposed to be between a man and a woman to become one. There, there's two separate beings then becoming one central entity starting the family. Your family starts with you and your spouse. You have kids. Those kids have, they go out and find spouses, and that starts their family. So, I mean, your family can ex- can expand. Your family is more than just you and your wife and kids. It's the whole rigmarole of the whole thing. So, what do we think marriage... That's not. What do we think? So you think, or you said, the joining of a man and a woman in a union to say well, we're I'm, going I'm to a little spend... biased on my definition just because of my raising. That's fine. So I mean, that's you. You. you, you ask what this my, is opinions. My opinion. Your opinion. That's, that's the only two we have to to talk. But I mean, the world. The world has a definition of. Two people coming together mm-hmm. and through a legal binding contract. That's exactly what you just said. No, because what I said is not just a single thing between a man and a woman and a union, a, a union. Yes. Um, but there are being in the Christian religion, there are rules to marriage. There are rules to getting divorced there are rules there are rules around everything do you look at a couple that is not like you and your wife do you look at them like you're living wrong Um, what do you mean living like me and my wife well like you just said you have parameters that go around the marriage union because of your faith and so if you see someone or you know of someone or a couple that maybe not living like uh, your union with your wife, do you think instantly, hey, they're living wrong, it could be more, or they're not like, or do you not think about it at all? It's just, that's just the way it is. I mean, if I see something like a couple is, say, I don't think that homosexuality is a good thing. So well, I was I'm, talking about, <laughs> but no, but, but that's why I'm coming at from, 
I can only come at it from my way. I could think just like a regular person that's not a Christian, but mm-hmm. that's not who I am. I'm being myself. And being myself, I'm true to my beliefs. I am a flawed person. I was Is going there... to the point of if you've seen a, a, a couple, woman and man, actually, and they were, let's say, just living together, uh, they've made their union outside of well, what most would consider a legal marriage, and maybe they just said, you know what, we're going to do this ourselves. How do you look at that first and foremost? We're going to make our own union. We're going to do our own thing. We don't need titles and pieces of paper to tell us we're married. We're going to, we don't even believe maybe you ought to be married. I mean, I'm being the the opposite, I guess, roughly of what, what you're talking about with your marriage. Just people saying, hey, In we're general, together. We're together. That's, that's about the most we're going to make of it. But I mean, that's not really. Um, it's a union it of a, sorts. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time. The reason that we have marriage is to, I mean, it's to outwardly show that we are two people that are coming together as one. Mm -hmm. Whereas you just have two people living together. That's just two people, two people living together for so long. Say, Hey, you're already living here. We've been together this long. We're, we're just going to say we're married. Yeah, maybe they say a few words and maybe they're legally together. Or I guess it'd be easier to split up in that case. Well, I mean, I don't, in today's day and age, I don't think anything towards marriage could be made easier. I mean, divorce rates are through the roof. Yes, they are. And people, people aren't getting together and looking at it as a forever thing. Now people are looking at it as a, Oh, I like this person for now. So we're gonna get together for five or so years. Five ago, five or so years. Get together. You think they go into it with that attitude, though? I think some people well, do. Yeah, four or five years down the road, if I want to move on, I'll move on. Or do you think they actually go into it thinking, "Hey, this is this is till the end of my life"? I think there's quite a few people out there they. that are going into it like, "Oh, I'm gonna marry this person so I can get half their stuff in the end." Mm. And then, so we we gave the definition of marriage. Now, to go with it, to accompany that, to be a union with that, if you will, why does a couple get married? Why would a man and a woman decide, hey, you know what? Let's let's make this something more than what we have in this relationship. Let's make this a, a forever thing, a forever thing. Uh, let's, uh, why would a man and woman want to do that? Because there are two people that have spent time alone and then they come together and they realize this is the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. This is somebody that I want to, that I love and there's almost nothing they can do that can make me not love them. We've just talked for how many minutes? Ten. And you just now mentioned the word love. Correct. Because I see a lot of people these days not actually love each other. Because you have so many people that... What makes you the decider on that, though? Nothing makes me the decider on it. It's just what I see. Because there are so many... You see so many people that get in arguments and they just argue, argue, argue. 
then they leave. They don't work. There was a couple that I went to church with. All they did was fight. It was literally fight, 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 fight. They would fight in front of people. We would be at church functions and they would be fighting each other. Not fist fighting, but they would yell at each other back and forth. They never got along. Married couple. Yeah. And I mean, that's something you should figure out, like, whether or not you get along with one another and realize that you two don't match up very well before you get married. How do you do that if you're not married, though? That's it's what, hard when you're in the dating process. But that's what to, dating is for. Yes, 100%. I agree. But you're not going to know all the flaws of your spouse to be just in the dating process. Some of that stuff you're going to have to be pliable when you get married to figure out, hey, this is this is a mess. She's a mess. He's a mess. Whatever you got going on. And now how do we come together to work on you, to work on me? You know, we're coming together in a union as one so as you get into a marriage, you've got to go into that thing. I'm just saying, you've got to go in that thing thinking, I'm going to be very loose with my with my ropes, if you will. And whatever, like if I put my feet on the table and she don't like it, you know, uh, if I put my juice cup on the end table without a coaster and I'm used to doing that, but now she don't like it, we're going to work on that. Those are very small problems. But whatever those problems, and then they can be just as, as large as you use your own imagination on that one. But to be to be able to work together, yes, we learned one another when we dated. We, we learned more about one another once we were engaged. But there's still going to be many things that's going to show up in the marriage once you show up into it. That, like you said, this couple argued, argued, argued. Instead of them being pliable, I, I'm thinking and able to work with the other one, they they had the attitude of argue. Now, discussing things is not a bad thing. I think a husband and wife ought to be able to discuss. Some people discuss differently. Some people yell and get loud to get a point across. Others are very quiet how they discuss with the, the other one. And so I'm not saying either way is the right way. It's just a way. But, but it seems to me like a husband and wife arguing all the time, you're not getting anything accomplished. Well... I guess I see it from a, I see somewhat from a different way of, I believe a lot of things, I mean, this is after me also being married 10 years that I've come to the realization that people need to date for quite a long time. Okay. Well, from what I just, from do you have, do you have a number in your mind uh, that you should see this? lady x amount of time before you actually get married to her no you know i believe that you should get through the i guess it's called the honeymoon type type phase of dating and marriage and all that i believe that should get knocked out as soon as possible just because through that through the honeymoon stage you're all lovey-dovey you're all over each other let's go back to that lovey-dovey thing well no i want to i want to continue you've got lovey-dovey stuff is great i get it i mean it feels great but at the same time dating is meant to get to know the person it's necessary though what you uh, quoted as the lovey-dovey yes, is necessary at the stage if, if you don't feel that way towards somebody then you don't know whether or not you're willing to find the bad things 
once you that's why I'm like once you go through the good times depending on how good those times are is whether or not you're willing to find their flaws I mean my like my wife and I we dated for a year and we just then started finding the flaws in each other and then we got engaged and then we started finding more flaws and we got married had our honeymoon phase did you live together prior to being married no we did not live together just wonder we bought we bought our we bought our house together i think it was the month before our wedding same and then she moved in uh immediately after the wedding after we got back from the honeymoon we moved all of her stuff in and then we started living together where that's where i'm like you got to start figuring out a lot of the negative stuff for both yourself and for them so that when you can work through that stuff and then when you do move in with one another you you have found somewhat of a way to move through that the preliminary stuff yeah. if you will well i mean you're like my wife and i i love my wife with i love my wife more than anything in the world short of my kids but if i'm stuck with her for too long like in a house like i go home and it's just her and the kids her and the kids her and the kids after so long we're gonna get tired of one another if we don't interact with somebody else so i was thinking marriage i look at like an agreement between a couple and one of my thoughts was i think this agreement looks like a root system from a tree, uh, say it has a, the idea that this agreement not only is you and your uh, soon-to-be or is spouse, but you think about the agreements that's also involved here, financial, physical, emotional, spiritual. All these things, not only are you getting your first house with your spouse and moving in in the hectic life that that would bring forward but also combining incomes for the first time in your whole life if it's your first marriage combining those incomes wow that looks great what little i make and what little you make now we we can get groceries each week usually and we'll get to this in just a little bit usually it's a younger couple that gets married um so a com combining combining of the incomes is a real big deal now instead of uh, you buy and, and you've also got to think about the other person. So if you you think back, was it 10 years, you said? Yeah, yeah, 10 years. 10 years. So you look back prior to you and your wife, how you spent your money, what that looked like. And uh, when you went to the store with one mindset, now you've got a wife. She had an income or no? How did that look? When we, when we first got married, she had a job. She didn't. But then... I guess. Well, that's all. Let's, let's look at that. So she's working. You've got money. So now you've combined your monies. And so that, not only does that help, but it also hurts. Because maybe she's got more than you, but now you're one. I think you should look at your money as one, as a husband-wife. I think that you should be combined in your monies. In, in all that you do, instead of this is mine, this is yours, this is mine, this is yours, I think it ought to be, ought to be a combined situation. Every in a marriage, almost everything should be a combined situation. I mean, marrying somebody. You say almost. Yeah. 
I mean, like you can't take your physical bodies and put them, well, you do put your bodies, put them together, but they can't become one physical being. But yeah, almost everything minus the physical bodies should become one. The money, the stresses, the family, it's, it's a combined thing. So even the physical side of you being responsible for your wife uh, when you first get married, and it's not necessarily me and you, this is in general, uh, when you marry your spouse, physically, you feel uh, responsible for the other one. Now you're not just responsible for you, but you're also responsible for the other one. So one way... One way I was looking at this is so you said uh, when you first got married, you, you bought a house. Y'all moved into it directly after you got married. I did the same thing, except I couldn't afford a house, so we rented a house. And it's very convenient right next right, right next uh, to my mom and dad. Wow, I felt like I was uh, on top of the world and scared to death. Because mm-hmm. here I am, you know, I'd lived in a household for so many years. I'd never... Did you live by yourself? No. No. See, that was that that was was different for me. Yeah, I lived with my parents until the day we well, Mm -hmm. till the day we bought the house. Then I moved into the house while she stayed with her parents. Mm -hmm. Both of us were with our parents before Mm -hmm. we got married, and then moved directly. Whereas a lot of people these days are moving in to with one another before, Mm -hmm. or they're living alone before without their family. Yeah. And either, you know, whatever works for the individual, um, I just know what I I lived through and hearing your story, what you've lived through, that, you know, when you do combine with a spouse, there are financial responsibilities, physical responsibilities. And the next one was emotional responsibilities. You should be your spouse's emotional comforter. You know, not the instigator to make he or her upset, but you should be the comforter for your spouse. And so if your spouse come home in a in an ill mood or uh, just had a rough day and uh, you're there in your new home and she comes home, he comes home to her, whatever, whatever the it is. And so they've had a terrible day and you're you're going to be like, well, hey, you're going to you're going to fix me some dinner or. You're going to rub my feet or (laughs) you're going to help me out. Although I can see you've had a rough day. You need to be there for them. And you as a man would be like, well, I don't cook. We'll learn to, you know, help, help your, help your spouse out. And if you're a lady and I know hearing stories years ago from my mother and father, my, my mother would tell me stories that, uh, she would help out my dad uh, if the car was broke down or whatever. Nobody else was there to help. It was him and her. And so my picture of th- how you're supposed to be married is whatever it looks like to help out your husband as a wife, you did it. And whatever the husband was supposed to do to help out the wife, you did it. You know, I see more of that now later in their lives they're in their 70s and i see with my dad helping my mom out in areas that he never helped out before so as you grow you know when you're young young married couple you're going you're going to act a certain way do do a certain way but you're going to do it together in middle of your life later in your life from what i've saw 
that you 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 work toward helping one another whatever whatever that is whatever you're going through emotionally that we're speaking of right now that you don't want to be the one to wreck your spouse's day you want to be the one to uplift it uh, you don't want to be uh, you know even if your spouse had a great day and comes home to you and it's like you know here he, here she goes again or here he goes again you want to be that to be your your exciting time of the day. Hey, I'm here with my spouse. Uh, this is wonderful. This is where I want to be. Well, I think today we're in a different time than our parents or even our grandparents or even our great-grandparents. Because it used to be women stayed at home. They were homemakers. They cleaned the house. Their Women didn't have jobs. We're, this is a fairly new thing where... Women are uh, have the abilities to get jobs, have an income, spend eight hours or even longer at a job, because before they were the ones that were the ones to take care of the house. It also brings apart. It brings new problems as well, though. Oh with, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Is it's a fairly new thing, and we haven't really worked through everything because before to work in progress. Oh yeah. But I mean, that's the way marriage, I, in my marriage eyes, is. should be. Mm-hmm. Is it's always a work in progress yep. because people people change. And yes, you know, every seven years. Well, that's physically, but I'm yes. talking even emotionally and because things, things happen in marriage, and they the things change, and not always in the best ways. But you gotta roll. You roll with the punches, and you. That's where you got to step up and help your spouse. There's a lot of people out there that want all the good without the bad. As soon as it starts getting hard, that's when people want to quit. Like with my wife and I losing our child. We have both changed because we've gone through a trauma. And we've both had to work through some things. She's had to get some help. I mean, how do, I mean, you know, as a couple, you know, before we even get to children, you think, now, how long were you, you married before, you know, decided to have children? Before, before we started trying, we were married four or five years. Hmm. And then we decided we wanted to start trying. Well, then we learned that she had PCOS and a severe case at that and her doctor's like it's gonna take a lot of work and so she worked at the thing she needed to work at and i was trying to be helpful with it even though it was changing what we ate changing i mean changing everything so that we could the trying actually made sense and our first child so you married for five years before we started trying Mm -hmm. and I mean, it was yeah two years later that she got she finally got pregnant with our first child, and then we lost him. And that was I mean, that's one. And of as them. a couple, do you think that brought you closer together or tore you apart? At first, it started tearing us apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, losing a child, I, mm-hmm. I I didn't know, and losing a child, you just think. What could I have done? And what could I have done different? And as a father, feeling like I couldn't protect my child. Yeah. 
That's that's a lot to put yourself through, though. And you know, I I've never been through that, uh, but I do know that tragedies, and that's that's one of the worst that you can even imagine. Tragedies to put yourself through, and think, what did I do wrong? How did I go wrong? What did? Why do I deserve this? Yeah, and, but it took a little time, and with the help of family and friends, we were able to come together, and it did bring us together after a while. It took a minute, though, right? It took a minute, oh, yeah. But at the same time, we were still... Don't you find, though, as a couple, when you go through things together, as, as small as they may be or as gigantic as they may be, don't you see that on the other side... That one that you love so dear, it only seems to draw you closer. And, you know, that to me is what a, what it looks like to be in love, to be in marriage, is that you do grow closer. So I have a question, Chris. I have many questions. I'm full of questions. You want to hear my question? Do I have Here's to? Here's something I'm thinking about. We're talking about marriage and how it looks. This is kind of across the world i think for the most part 18 years old looks like the 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 okay 18 and, and older that you can you can make a decision and you you can be married legally uh, on your own accord uh, you and your spouse can be married at 18 that's you you looks like the majority universally across the world but you know here in the u.s and in some other places across the world uh, 14 you can be wed uh, 15 and 16 as well with consent from from, say, with consent of the from, from the parents sometimes a judge depending on the state here in the US when do we think we because that's who matters here when, when do we think I mean I look back at me at 14 years old I can't imagine one my mom and dad saying sure go get married or two, me wanting to be married. I don't think I thought that at 14, maybe, but I can't see me looking at my future wife, because we, we were dating at the time, and saying, you know, hey, that's who I want to spend the rest of my life with. I don't know that I knew what the rest of my life even was a consideration at that age. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm just working through this as a thought, because I know people who have, have been married early, uh, my mother and father, great example. Very young uh, to get married. Still together to this day, uh, 50-something years of marriage. And so uh, what do, I mean, how old, you don't mind me asking, how old were you when you got married? I was 20 and she was 19. You know, I didn't know this about you. I was exactly the same. I was 20, she was 19. Um, so we have something in common that we didn't know. Besides, you're bald, and I'm not, ish. 20 and 19. Uh, do you think that age, do you think you were ready to make a decision at 20 years old? Absolutely not. Married. You no. don't think you were ready for that no. decision? But let me ask you this. But that's you, also me looking back at it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at the time, you knew what a 20-year-old knew. At 20 years old, you didn't know any more than a 20-year-old knew. And so that's all that was expected out of you. You knew you loved your, your wife. You know, you wanted to spend a lot of time with her. If that looked like forever, that was great. But you wanted to be with her. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I thought to myself. Well, you're still thinking it. I right? still, well, yes, <laughs> you know I you still, know. yes. I At that point, 
looking at my wife, I looked at her and look, I, I literally sat for nights after I'd go home from her house or her parents' house and just thought like, could I would think to myself, is there any other person that I would really want to spend the rest of my life? And it's like, could I find somebody? And no, because she was the one. She was the one. You said you went out for a year, right? So we dated for a little bit. Uh, It was the summer of our, like this. We dated for the summer of our junior year. And then it was immediately after graduate. Well, it was the July after we graduated, we got back together. And a year from then is when I proposed. It was a year after that that we got married. So you were 20. She's 19. I lived the same thing in the early 90s. I was 20. She was 19. And but we had uh, grew up in the same neighborhood played together as you know second graders Mm -hmm. decided to go out with one another come high school on and off kind of thing and then proposed got married and so at that time i thought this is exactly what i want to do you know this is the way i want to spend the rest of my life with her i want to this is going to be it's going to be great you think you gotta think it's hard it's harder for me than you to look back when as a 20 year old making these kind of decisions and so i think i think 18 you know is kind of young in my mind you've got to be 21 years old to buy alcohol to drink 21 years old yet you can be 18 years old to make a lifelong decision you can be 18 years old and go to the army to go in the military you're correct Um, not just army so do we think collectively that 18 is the correct age for us as the United States, that's where we're at. We don't know what's going on in other other countries. We'll just talk about our own. Is 18 a good age or the correct age for our state to say legally longevity, longevity of a marriage versus a short-lived marriage? What do you think? What do I think? What do we think makes a long marriage or a short-lived marriage, you know, being the opposite I see long-lived marriages being people who can forgive, people who are willing to adjust, people who are willing to grow along with that person. Because there's a lot of people that say, I want to grow with my significant other. But a majority of the time it has to be on their parameters. And that's a lot of people, when things get tough, they just want to run away. It's, I mean, a lot of people say it's the fight or flight type of thing when it's not really. When you're marrying somebody, in the vows that you give, it's for better or for worse, for sickness or in health, for richer or for poorer. And your wife ought to be very happy. There ain't many men that's been married 10 years that could recite that. Well, I mean, I when we were, when I thought about getting married, I've made, I've made my mistakes, but took it seriously and but I am also a human being I make mistakes and part of part of a marriage is forgiving not forgetting but forgiving she's been great on that and if it wasn't for that her being so gracious that I don't think we would still be married 
but she is. And I'm thankful for that. And we're going about it. There's not a lot of people that are willing to be gracious to one another. The longevity of a marriage, in my mind, is is just about exactly what you just said. Uh, willing to forgive somebody. Wow. I mean, that comes out of your mouth real easy. But living it? No, let's, it's very hard. Let's, let's just be real with ourselves. Uh, to be able to forgive somebody for, for wrong, they, they have wronged me. You know, <laughs> my wife has wronged me. So how do we get past that? You get past that by communication. You know, I think that I had wrote down here on this piece of paper, the longevity of a marriage is work, work, work. Because if you don't work at a marriage, it's falling apart. Oh, yeah. If you, it's like a 1920s house. If you're not working on it, it's falling apart. If you're not working on it, things are getting stale, and that is a bad thing. I mean, you've got to – there's always something that can be worked on with your significant other. And, you know, if you have a spouse that's not willing to work on it, and you're working on it by yourself. That's not good either. It will work, but it will not work correctly. But will but that's the it, thing that it will it will go down the road, but it won't go down correctly. Yeah, one person's doing all the work. Can that can that continue? Yes, not for a long time, but it will continue. There's, in my opinion, from what I see on the outside looking in, I see marriages today where one person is working their rear off and the other one is looking the other direction they're still together it's it's all lawful they're doing their thing you know they go home and eat eat their supper together at night raising kids or kids are out of the house whatever but one of them's kicking the can and the other one's looking the other way one's doing the work and one of them's not i see that quite a bit and it's me being on the other side of marriage possibly i look people a little different now than i did once upon a time and that is, well, it's got to be a joint effort. And even if one is kind of easying up for a couple of years and the other one kicks over in a couple of years and they're doing, they're pulling the plow, they're doing the work, you know, that's that's okay to be shifting it up. But when one person is just all into it, all into it, more into it, more into it, and the other one's less and less and less, that's not going to last. That's not longevity. That's the short-lived marriage. It's not going to continue like that. But that's also where you've got you've to talk about this. Communication. Communicate. 100, yeah. This is what's going on. This is what needs to happen. And Okay, so if you communicate with your spouse, hey, uh, spouse, <laughs> is that what you call Hey, spouse, how are you today, spouse? No, if you communicate with your spouse and you say, you know, I don't like this and I don't like that and I don't like the other, are they not going to come back at you negative? I mean, you don't like, you don't like, you don't like. You got to put some likes in there too. Hey, honey, what you cooked last night was awesome. That meatloaf was off the hook. That was the best meatloaf I ever had. Then you say, you know, today when you called me a name at lunch break when I called you, and yeah, I didn't like that. Let's not do that again. So you put some good in there, sugarcoat it with some meatloaf, and then, hey, here's what I think. I'm telling you, the, I'm saying this because I've lived through 
a lot of how you should not communicate. When you refuse to communicate with your spouse, you refuse to move ahead as a couple. A lot of the arguments and things that happen in my own in my marriage with my wife is to me is communication. Arguments are communication. But that but that's the thing though is it it was a it was a problem before I got married. Just in my own family, just in my family, communication is awful. I mean my my family. Not me and my before just even me and my wife. My family never communicated, mm-hmm. and I guess I didn't see how bad that was until I got married. And you feel like you've carried what, the traits over, or no? I yeah. Even still to this day, we still have problems communicating. But mm-hmm. I'm a lot better at communicating than I was before, or even at the beginning of our marriage. Because at the beginning of our marriage not communicating things got heated but do you not think in general when people first get married it's a rocky road because you're learning you're learning what that other person likes what they don't like uh and if you did like we did and we just come straight out of mom and dad's home but but that's the thing though in when you first get married you're learning something new you're you're learning new things about that person, but the problem, but what makes it even worse is if you don't communicate that just, that's just adding fuel to that fire because you're finally building up, building up, building up, and then you just blow up because you, you're not communicating. So all that stuff is being held back. I think a lot of times that when you just come from mom and dad's home where you've lived your whole life, And you've got things all figured out. You know, you can get so much out of mom, so much out of dad. You know how all that works. Well, your spouse is coming from their own situation. You're coming from your situation. Now you're putting it together. And I just think a lot of selfishness has to be worked out of your life because it's not all about you anymore. It's about the other one. So how do you come into a marriage, young people coming into a marriage and look at someone else and and bring them over you like they're more important than my needs their needs are more important than my needs that's a difficult thing i mean all marriages that go through it mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how quickly you get there to realize that person means way more to me than i mean to myself that person is everything to me. What do I do today to make that person happy? And so, <clears throat> like a lot of people say, you know, the first year of my marriage was was awful, and other you know other people will lie. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you. So let, let me ask you a question. What was the if you remember? I mean, it's ten years ago. <laughs> I can't hardly remember last week. So. Uh, for me, it was 30 years ago. <laughs> these are these things are true. What was the first thing your wife cooked for you? Do you remember the first meal you sat down together and ate? It was probably a special deal. I don't know. I think I think mine was. But... The, the first time my wife cooked or the first meal we had together when we were married? Yes. <laughs> Let's go with the first one she cooked. We're going to go with the first one she cooked. Yeah. I'm 
pretty sure it was chicken, mashed potatoes, and probably green beans because that's our go-to. We have some things more in common. Because <laughs> I mean that that was it. Good. Do you do you remember it? Let's put it that way. Apparently, you named off sounds like a that's meal. What, that's what I believe it was. That's what I can remember it being. Well, hey, that's all that matters. Because was it good? Yeah. Was I mean, it because she made it or because it was actually good? It was probably because she made it. Because she made it. Because, because it was you were meal. humbling yourself to say this. Her feelings are way more important than my stomach. Yeah. Sort of. Well, I mean. You're not going to hurt her feelings on her first meal. No. Okay, so but, my wife cooked meatloaf, my favorite, mashed potatoes, and I believe, like, macaroni, green beans, something. The meatloaf that I had grown up on to that point, 20 years old, was not on my table. This was something else. And it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. So I'm sitting there eating it because I don't want to hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. It's eating it, and, you know, it's it's edible, but it's not good. Just getting all the mashed potatoes I can get because it's meatloaf <laughs> As you can understand, not good. So she looks at me and says, you don't have to finish that if you don't like it. And I said, thank you. <laughs> I, I'm very blessed. And my my wife has learned some cooking from her mother, who's a very good cook at that, too. Um, See, those are, those are great attributes. Oh, yeah. Did you know that prior to you you marrying her? No, oh, no, she. You didn't know before before we got married. I never saw my wife. My wife cooked maybe once, and mm. that was with my mother in law right there with her the mm. entire time. So I, but from what I've learned since is they cooked together more than just the time. And so that's a very important attribute for a guy to have his wife be able to cook. Oh yeah. Um. Um. But. I've I've been very blessed in that up until she got a gluten allergy, mm. and so now everything we eat has to be not have wheat flour. Or well, see, because in she it. has something means you have it as well. Oh yeah, but I mean that's that's, that's also part of marriage. Is it is you got you're not Except just a lot of people want to take the good without the bad, but the mm. thing about it is though marriage is the good and the bad. Yeah, good, bad, and ugly. Yeah. All of it. Marriage is also loving that person more than yourself. Yes. I mean, it's going to work every day is not just so I have something to do throughout the day. Working, Going to work every day is so that I have the money to give us a life, give us a home, give us what... Let's say you and your family, you and your wife and your two kids lived under a bridge in Nashville... You didn't have any families. It was just you and her and your two kids. We Couldn't get be, a job to save your life. We would be under a bridge in Nashville, yes. But what would you have? You would still love every one of them. No, there would be nothing that could take that love away from you. Because my love for my, not just my wife, but my whole family is not from money my love of my family is in my heart. I mean, I just, I don't know why it, it's just the thing that keeps going 
back in my head is the hard times, whether it be us yelling at each other. I mean, everybody gets angry with one another. It's just how you get back. I can tell you on one, I can show you on one hand how many times me and my ex argued. Married 29 years, three months, 23 days. 29 years, three months, 23 days. I can show you on one hand how many times we argued. That's a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And so don't think your arguments are a terrible thing. Sometimes it's your only way of communicating. And at least you can get something out in the open. Because when you keep it in, trust me, it's going to come out one way or another. Yeah, that's that's what I... Back when we first got married, it was holding everything in, holding everything in. And then it would be something small that just... It was that straw. That's that straw. Broke, it's yeah. the straw that broke the camel's back. Yep, yep. And it just started to be this huge ordeal. Yep. And it just... A lot bigger than it ought to have been. Oh, yeah. Should have been handled on the front end. Oh, yeah. I'm still... I mean, I have kids that are, I'd say, grown, but... It's hard. It's hard to say that, okay. But even with them, there are things I won't say to them to just keep from an argument. So I think, to some degree, I've brought over some of that. Don't say anything. Don't have an argument from my marriage. And possible, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, it's like I brought over from my just my fam my childhood childhood family bringing over the not communicating also well. Yeah. I brought that into my marriage and that caused problems. Yeah. To, to an extent, it still causes problems because there's times where I hold, there's times where I start holding things back because I don't want burden of the shoe going by her head. I don't, I just don't, I don't, I'll have a problem with something. I just find it easier to just not say something. Yeah. Where I, I'm, not, I'm, on, I'm in the same boat with you. Not, I mean, I'm I mean, not everything way. has to be said, but it, but you don't hold everything. When Mm-mm. when something needs to be said, go ahead and say it. You can say it. Yeah. Have that small thing there, and then you can move forward. Whereas if you keep okay, I'm gonna not say something about this. I'm not gonna say something about this. I'm not gonna say something about this. Okay, she did she move this one thing that I was really looking for and it become this big huge rage. Oh yeah. I've had to work on that. I'm, and I'm you not have to agree. Your marriage is a constant work. Oh yeah. Constant. I mean, it not, not just the marriage has to be a constant work. I have to constantly work on myself. I don't mean physically. Well, I probably should work on myself physically more than I do, but I have to work on myself emotionally and mentally so that, I mean, I'm raising two kids now and uh, trying not to mess them up any further than yeah, they're going to be. Than they're going to be. Trust already. me, they're going to be just fine. Do you think, do you look, some people do this way more than others. Do you look to the 10 years from now, 20 years from now, what you and your wife will look like say 20 years from now do you do you look at that in your mind and think this is where i see us 20 years from now and how that how that plays out what i can do now to get us to that point 
or do you just live for today and whatever happens tomorrow happens tomorrow? Well, I, for the most part, I try to just live in today because I try to live in today because I find, I usually in my own head find the negative things. Mm. And I just, I usually think of how can I screw this up? Oh, and when I, that's when I get in my depressive state. So you're thinking 20 years from now, this ain't going to be a thing. If you look that far ahead. If I, man. if I try to look that far ahead, mm. it's more of where did I screw this up? Where did or, I mess it up? Yeah. yeah. Because that's, that's all I can really do is take care of it from my side. And, and right now. Pretty right much. now. And so that's why I try to take care of things. I try my best not to look forward too far. Too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you do have to look forward, mm-hmm. but I try not to too far just because I get in my own head. And in doing that, I just cause more more problems. And so the fewer problems I can create in my own head means the more things I can take care of in the here and now. So something else I wanted to talk about in marriage and... This is kind of me because it's something you have not been through and I, I hope you never go through it. But when you are trying and you are, you're, you're doing all you can do on your side of it, as you just said, uh, you do everything you can, but the other, the spouse decides they don't want to work with you anymore. What do you do? Um, you know, I, I was faced with this. I didn't have the answers. Uh, I'd done what I thought was the best thing I could do and still, still try to hold on to it as much as I possibly could. Cause there's no way in the world I ever thought divorce was in my future. Never. And so when it hit home, denial, denial shows up and I can't believe this is happening. And one of my all time sayings, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? What what next? And so sometimes I'm my own worst enemy when I'm looking looking ahead and well this this don't add up to that and this don't add up to that. But at the end of the day, when you love somebody and, and you know people that are married love one another, that love grows. And like I said, I was married 29 years and I never stopped loving her. So how do you just stop caring about somebody? You can't. You don't. I mean, can't. when you've invested that much, when you've invested that much time into not only yourself, but trying to make this other person happy, trying to fix the things in a relationship, you can't just give up on it. And when someone else just wants to give up, that's honestly, that's not on you. But you still have to live through it. Yeah, you've got to live through it, but... And as far as guilt goes, zero. Well, I'm always going to blame me for something, so I wouldn't go with zero. A little bit. Well, everybody, everybody, everybody has their faults in things, but but you were trying to work through it. Just because the other person didn't isn't your fault. Does it make it feel any better though? No. Oh, I, I understand that. that. I hope you never do, though. That was my whole point. <laughs> Just keep keep moving forward. Keep keep communicating. 
and keep explaining uh, to one another, hey, I'm here for the long haul. Because like you said earlier, I do think to some degree, some people today, and could have been like this forever. I don't know. We didn't live forever. We lived our short lives here. But thinking maybe people are getting into marriages at some point thinking, hey, you know, 10 years, 20 years from now, uh, maybe less. If I get tired of this this person, I'll just uh, I'll just rock and roll. I'll I'll get uh, I'll get out of this deal pretty easy because we do make it pretty easy in this country to um, to get out of a marriage. Okay. And again, I know because I've been through it, and I think that my personal opinion, it's way too easy to get a divorce. Oh yeah, uh, with the divorce rate being as high as it is, it's just ridiculous. Yes. I mean. You see all the time celebrities getting, they get married for, for what? Just so that they can get divorced because they, oh, I liked this person. I thought I loved them. So we decided to get married. I think it's convenience a lot of times. You see two, an actor and an actress on a movie together. Next thing you know, they're dating. Yes. They're on the set together. It's love. They're married. And then six months later, they're off the set. They're divorced. It was a convenience thing. Were they infatuated by that person? Were they wooed by them? They're like, hey, this is a person I want to spend some time with. All of a sudden, it becomes marriage, and then they're out of each other's proximity, and they're like, yeah, I don't really want to be with you. <laughs> you know. And that's where, that's where dating is supposed to come in. You date, you're supposed to date the person to get to know them. Get to you know have them. to. You have to date that person correctly. Correct. There's a right way to date and a wrong way to date. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up, and well, I'll just bring it up. So yeah, my question, Chris, was, you know, so many people come together sexually prior to them being married. So you've now committed yourself to this person physically. Let's admit it. There's a connection there that you can't get any other way than when you've uh, you've been with a woman man with a woman or a woman with a man there's there's a connection there that i believe you should receive after wedlock that's my thought on it and not say i'm holier than you or i know more than you i just believe the physical act of having sex was meant to be after wedlock because of that connection that you have now you feel like you and that person are one after you have had sex but so many people i think today want to put the cart before the horse they want to go sleep with their significant other pretend like they're married yet not have the commitment of marriage now can you do it that way sure you can should you do it that way? In my opinion, no. And so if you start a relationship, I'd call it in reverse or putting three before two. I don't every how you want to describe it. It's going to have its complications. Can it work out? Sure, it can. But in my opinion, you would want to do everything you could to head for longevity in your relationship. If you really care for this person, now, if you're just lustfully, you're like, man, I'll never get another woman that looks this good. Or she's like, wow, he's the hottest. Th he's got more money than any other man I'll ever meet. So I'll sleep with him. I'll hook him, if you will. 
Oh, and you know, we'll work the details out later. That's not longevity. That's, it could be, it could work out, but my goodness, you've already acted like you're married and now maybe, maybe six months down the road. Hey, let's now really get married. Well, like you were talking before, how you like start to see a lady, start to date her the correct way. Nowhere in there is sleep with her first, get married to her second. Uh, those are reversed. You you court her uh, seriously if it gets that point. You get married and then you have the physical act. Uh, to me, that's the correct way for a relationship. But I believe. A lot of folks want to start that out a little different. Oh, yeah. I mean, people are taught today that sex is the most important part of a relationship. If you don't... I'm glad you said it that way. I just talked for five minutes there, and that's what I was trying to say. (laughs) A lot of people think that sex is the most important part of a relationship so that they've got to do it as soon as possible in a relationship. I mean, it's gotten to the point where people are like, okay, I'm going to have sex with this person on the first date. And if we don't have a good sex, if we don't have good sex, then, oh, I'm, we're just not going to work. And I'm like, that's not how it should be. No. Sex is, an, sex is an important part of a relationship. That's, I mean, no doubt. But it's not the most important part. True. And so that's also where some marriages go downhill is they don't have sex. I mean, there are men, men just as much as women that are like, if I don't get sex this many times a week, I'm not going to be happy. Do you think that happens with younger people or just guys in general? Or how do you think that works? Men men are more sexually motivated in, in our heads. And women can be just as much as men but not as often so do you think younger guys are more uh more likely to use that against their significant other you know let's say pre-marriage uh you've got a young couple and they're you know kind of towing the line of if they're going to have sex pre-marriage or not and and maybe he would use it more so than her i'm guessing because I'm a guy, I'm just thinking this is what a guy would do is, well, if you don't, you know, with me, then I'm leaving. And she really wants to keep him because it's probably not his looks. It's probably his money. Uh, (laughs) You're staying with me because you've got a fat wallet. And I could see guys using that more so than girls. But I don't know. That's just, that's what I would think. Men, a lot of young people look at, marriage as oh I, well, at least from from the perspective that i was i grew up in was oh once you get married you can have all the sex you want you can do it here there everywhere and you're married so no one can say anything about it but then you get married and life happens you come home you're dead tired you don't want you or your partner doesn't want to do something and then the next night oh the other one doesn't want to well, you go back and you get to the point, oh, well, you hear so many things about couples, certain couples, oh, we have we do it once a week on schedule just because this is our free open time. I guess that can be good to some point, but at the same time, it becomes like a chore at the end of the week where it's like, oh, it's Friday. Come on, honey. All right, come on. <laughs> let's, let's get it done. And sex is 
more emotional than that. I mean, yes, it is. In my eyes, having sex less often but more emotionally is better for a relationship than more often without the emotion. Well, pre-marriage, post-marriage. Thinking that a lot of couples think that's just something you do pre-marriage. And I think we're under the assumption, I know what I lived through and I'm guessing you as well. Pre-marriage sex just puts your relationship in a place it ought not be. And I think that, you know, starting your relationship out in the negative, it's, it's, and plus if you don't have decent communication, you're starting in a hole that it's going to be tough to dig out of. It's possible, you know, you know, as young couples, you, you have wants, I wouldn't call them needs. I'd definitely call them wants. Mm -hmm. And now that you've got all this newfound freedom, and boy, I can't wait to get married, this, that, and the other. Freedom in uh, quotes. Yeah. <laughs> you realize quickly it's you're not that free. Uh, but, you know, looking, looking at relationships, marriages in particular, that we're talking about, that if people look at their relationship with their significant other long term, I think they would do whatever it took on the front end. Whether if the if the female said no, we're not we're not doing that prior to marriage. If that guy was looking long term at her, he's totally agreeing. Hey, you're exactly right. What was I thinking? And if people's like if the girl had mother and father at home, guy had mother and father at home, because a lot of times they don't happen today. You've got mother and stepdad or dad number three or uncle joe's living there you know it could look the family dynamic could look way different today so if you've got home one steady mom and dad home two steady mom and dad the guy comes to the girl hey let's uh let's get busy and she's like no not before i'm married now for that guy to say well i'm gonna go find me a girl that will and that girl just like well, I thought we were everything. Well, if that girl was everything to him on the front end, he'd be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I messed up. And then for her to go home and tell her father what went down and for the father to go to the boy, I just don't think that goes on a lot nowadays. See, that communication between the daughter and the father has to be there for her to be able to have a relationship with her future husband as well communication has to go on all over the place kids and their family kids with their new significant other all i mean your kids are a little young to get to that point but they will be there before you you're gonna blink your eyes there hopefully you and your daughter first because she's older are going to have that relationship where she can come home and say dad you know i loved him and and this and he wanted to do something and i'm not ready for that that would be a, but how many kids, teens, 20s, are going to come home and say that to dad? Now, I just don't, I just don't see that happening. The fam, the family union unit has disintegrated. Yes. And that's, that's happened because people have gotten away from community. Community. Do you think that the community is as connected as they once were i'll say no oh no just straight up no no because unless 
back in the day, people could disagree and still be friends. You don't have that that much. No, these the days. disagreement becomes I'll never talk to you again. Well, I mean, it starts with it's gotten really bad with politics. That's in my opinion, that's where a lot of it started was people got very political. It's a big and one. then mm-hmm. and then oh, you don't believe agree with me politically. Well yeah. then you're not going to agree with me on you know. People. Do you really want everybody agreeing with you? I, I I see I see exactly what you're saying. Wouldn't you rather everybody not agree with you? I mean, if we all thought the same, would that not be boring? There there are core things that every cool. that everybody has to agree on, and we're to the in third world countries. They have core tenets that they agree on. You know, you go to a third world country. They're not wondering about gender. They're not worrying about, oh, am I a boy? Am I a girl? No, they're worrying about how am I going to get my next meal? Mm-hmm. Am I going to die because... A little different uh, necessities there. Yes. And when it, but, but don't you think when people are spoiled... And I think uh, that's where we're at. You you start picking at the little things. You know, a hus- let's use husband and wife because we're talking about marriage. You had a husband and wife that are spoiled, and they come into a union together. What does that look like in their relationship right off the front, off the front end? You've got spoiled guy, spoiled girl. They come together. Are they going to make a spoiled couple? They can't because they don't have – maybe they still have. In my mind, they just left everything. But I guess they still have a connection to their, to their families. But well, that's going to – on the front end, that's going to be a difficult relationship. Oh yeah, because they're. It's not because they were given everything. The thing is, is when you're spoiled, which a lot of people are these mm-hmm. days, and we're. But it's not. This is maybe well. It's not on purpose. Mom and dad want to give kids more than they had. I think it's good intentioned, but I think you turn out to be spoiled children. There's a difference between giving your children more and. Making them believe that they're to be the number one person in the world. Heir to the throne. (laughs) Well, it's like, I'm going to bring this up and it's going to sound weird. No. But there's an episode of a TV show that my child loves and (laughs) I've turned to like it called Bluey. And girls coming along, there's riding to this house with her dad and the dad tells the child, Oh, you're the most special thing in the world. And when the girl's finally over at these people, the friend's house or family, I can't remember which one, they're doing everything they want to do because, oh, I'm special. I'm special. My daddy said, I'm the most special person in the world. At the end of the episode, the daddy has to come to the kid and say, yes, you are the most most special person in the world. To your mom and I, to everybody else, you're nothing. Well, it doesn't say it like that, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day... That's the gist of it. That's the gist. To your mom and dad... You're everything. You're everything. But to the rest of the world, you're just another person. No one... Everybody these days is being taught to think about themselves. Not... And not just with family. In the... In a lot of the media, you hear... You hear, you've got to take care of you. You've got to have this. You've got to look this way. You... And some of it is, oh, well, you're fat. You're beautiful being the way you are. Oh, you... You're anorexic, but you're beautiful. Which you are. Granted, you are. Uh, but truth hurts. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when you tell a, a child, yeah, you lost that soccer game. I know they didn't keep score, but you did lose. <laughs> Winning and losing is a part of life. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with losing. Losing, you'll learn way more than winning all the time. Hey, you were on the undefeated soccer team of uh, 2012. Woo! Well, hey, little Joe over here, his team won one game, and they love that game. I look in our marriages, and to get back to the point, the same way. I do. That's this. That if you you continually, as spoiled child, spoiled child, come together— and mom and dad always makes it easy for you, makes it easy for you. Where did you ever come together as a couple? Mom and dad's making it easy. Mom and dad's making it easy. Where did you come together? And maybe your lives weren't going to be so easy. It's going to be difficult. And your learning was going to take place in the difficulties. But mom and dad keeps making it easy for you. And I think that's good intentioned by parents. To make, I would do the same thing. But... Maybe I see what, what I'm speaking. Maybe I would see that, but boy, you just can't tell you. You can't tell your kids no. And you know when, when I've, I've had to learn real quick that I've got to. I, I love, they have to hear no, no doubt. Oh, they, I want to give my children everything. I've had to learn that I, I've seen going to private school. I've seen school, and I've come to the realization I don't want my children being like that and i guess that's that's up to you though yeah but i've seen so many parents don't you think it's good intentioned though that's that's my point right here this little little point it's good intention but the outcome's not usually what you've got in your mind just because something has good intentions doesn't mean it's right what you were saying before about uh the little girl and yes you're number one in the world to me and your mom but everybody else ain't seeing you that way. You know, you think of the kid out at the restaurant that's screaming and hollering and it's getting on everybody's nerves and mom and dad won't do a thing about it. It's ruining everybody else's night, but little Susie there is getting to scream and yell and have her way. And it's ruining everybody else's day. So when it comes when it comes to, we're still talking about marriage here. When talking about marriage, raising kids is a part of that. If you're lucky enough to have children, you know, there are people out there that can't have children. And I think one of the reasons I got married was to have children. Uh, I was thinking about future generation and, and boy, what it would be scary as I'll get out. And I think a whole other episode, but, but raising children and, you being connected with your spouse is just a part of, wow, that's that's our next step in our relationship is a child, is rearing the child. And, you know, future, what it looks like for that child probably to have to take care of me, you know, if, if, we, if we get the privilege to live that long. Well, back in the day, kids were a workforce. Yeah. If you, if you yeah. didn't have kids, you couldn't yeah. survive. Have 12 or 13 of them, and, all ages. And I think we're down to the point where people, we're getting, we have kids to further our bloodline. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at, at the end of the day, we're trying to make the world a better place by trying to teach them how to not 
make the mistakes we made and and make better choices. But are we succeeding? No. Wonder why? Because we're falling in as people we're falling into the whole of people having good intentions. Mm-hmm. They're giving their children bad traits and then they're having kids and giving them even worse traits and I'm just at some point in time we've got to nip that problem in the bud but how do we do that yep that's the hundred million dollar question no but the chart i was showing you was uh going back to the amount of partners that a person has both men and women on this chart it has percentages of people that are recording that they are very happy in their marriage Mm. and the amount of partners somebody's had it's like where do you where do you think the highest point is I don't understand the question. Relationship into marriage with the amount of sexual partners that a person has had. This is prior to marriage? No, this is people in marriage. In marriage. Being married. Uh Saying they are happy. Very happy in their marriage. And they've had multiple. Well, not. So you're saying if you had one, how happy is that? If you have 12, how happy? Who is the happiest? Yes. Is the question. Okay. Two. No, the happiest, the people that are happiest are the people that have had one partner. Well, I was, I was, I was wanting to sound like a skeptic mm-hmm. and hoping that one would be the happiest. And this, this study was done by the Institute for Family Studies and they've, in their numbers that have shown that both men and women are the happiest if they've had one sexual partner. And I think that's a good thing. It's an awesome thing. Because they then that means they don't... But aren't you... I mean, going back to what I said originally is... But are you not putting all your efforts into that relationship? If that's the only one you knew physically, then you're going to put more effort into that, I, I believe. Yeah. Versus 12 or 13, because it's going to lose its luster there somewhere, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. Once you've had so many partners, then, I mean, it's like, if you've had more than one partner, then you're always thinking, okay, where, who was the best sex I've had? Okay, where does it does stack that, up? Yeah, how does it stack up? And it's just like, that's not how that's supposed to no. be at no. all. You're right. Having the one partner, you're able to have... Who was the least happiest on your graph there? Uh, for women, it is... Uh, between six and ten partners and for men the unhappiest is five partners and then after five it equals out from 11 to 20 and then 21 plus is there a zero on there no (laughs) there's not a zero because they didn't make the list (laughs) Well, I mean, to be happy in your marriage, I, I would expect that you would... You would think so. Yeah. But no, that is not an option. Zero is not an option. Zero is not an option on this list. So, yeah. Chris, I was thinking that, you know, longevity in a marriage, like I said, I was married 29 years plus, um, and just because you're married for a long time doesn't mean it's an enjoyable experience. You would think... If you, I think if you was to ask a uh, hundred men in and around our community, 
Would you consider your marriage majority good or majority not so good? What do you think the comment would be? Out of 100 men in our community, you think they would be majority happy, majority good, or majority not so good in their marriage? What do you mean in the community? Uh, just people like-minded, like us, you know, kind of work the same kind of job, live the same kind of lifestyle. So you take somebody from Hollywood, they're different than we are. I'm talking about us, you know. Who we are. Well, in community, I feel I, f I feel my community is the people that I'm around. Mm -hmm. The larger like so for me, my community would be my church, my family, like-minded people, like-minded mm -hmm. people. I believe that the majority would be positive. I'm not saying what they'd tell you. I'm saying no, what it, they're living. What they're living, I yeah. believe, would be would be good. Good. There's always going to be negative. Yeah, I'm just saying for the most part. For the most part. Yeah. Not a blanket statement at all, but just the majorities would tell you this is good, this is not so good. So as far as longevity goes in, in marriages, you would think to make that thing last a long time, you're going to look at it as glass half full, even when it's actually half empty. I know you've said it. You've said it for a while now that you look at things not so positive. I usually look um, at things as half empty. But yes. I've, I've. That's part of uh, me working in my relationship with my wife. Of, mm. This is one part that I have to look at the glass being half full, mm. because if I look at it half empty, that's just going to cause a whole host of other problems. When you look at a, when you look at your marriage, you've got to look at it in a bright light because if you if you look at it if you look at it from the dark and the terrible stuff you're just always going to be down about it you also can't stick your head in the sand no you can't stick your head in the sand you've, you've got to you've got to look at it from both ways but if you just look if you look at it as a just negative thing then that's where you're going to be you've got you've got to see your own flaws because you're always going to see you're always going to look for someone else's flaws but for longevity in marriage do you see that you need as a guy in your marriage do you see that you need alone time very often with your friends or with yourself or do you need time to you to be away from her i didn't say I didn't say like once in a blue moon. I'm saying on a regular on a regular basis being alone. Basis, time. correct. No. Because not. why do you not need that time on a regular basis? That's a good question. I don't want to answer it for you, but my mindset always was I would rather be with my wife because that's the one that means the most to me. I don't need time with my buddies. You know, on a, I mean, yeah, every now and then it's fine. But, you know, to say uh, every Saturday night I'm going out with my pals and every uh, Tuesday afternoon I'm going over here and going to be with them, I wanted to be with my wife majority of the time. Okay. Now now that you've, now given, that I've laid it out now that you've you. given your example <laughs> of that, yes, I now understand where you were coming from. Okay. Yes. When I chose my wife, it was because she was the one I would I want to share the experiences with. Yes, she's the, she's the one that I want to 
show this amazing, have to show these amazing things that I've seen whenever I see something funny on a website or TikTok or whatever. She's the one I send it to. Exactly. That's the way it ought to be. That's the way marriage works. That's the way it should be. And then she's also the one that I want to apparently do all these moves to. But you know, guys, here's a warning. If she wants to spend more time with the girls than you, you might want to start questioning things. Because look, you need to be her everything. You, she needs to be your everything. Are you going to spend every waking minute together? No, no, you're not. You're going to get on each other's nerves, but there's going to be times when you're like, Hey, I got to go get a, get a hamburger or something. Mm-hmm. Just need to get out. That those times are coming, but I'm talking about on a regular, you know, you got your planned shooting pool with the guys on Tuesday night or, or going to the hockey games on whatever night hockey goes on. Or playing Bunko on a Tuesday night. My wife has her girls from church. She goes and hangs out with every, well, not every Tuesday. There's one Tuesday a month. They go somewhere and play what, I don't know what Bunko is, but that's what they go out and play. Yeah. Can church get in the way of a marriage? Yes. Hey, church work is great. Somebody's got to do it. And you're waiting on the next person to do it. It's not going to get done. You've got to be the one to do it. Yes. If your wife was at church sweeping the floor on Saturday night, so it looks good on Sunday morning, and she's there alone, and she's working her honey off to get it spick and span for in Sunday morning worship, that's not what I'm talking about. But hanging out with the church girls a couple times a month and you watching the kids and that can turn into not so good. I mean, and probably on the front end, it's not, it's not ill intentioned at all, but it can turn into that. And so for us to be, again, if you don't keep community, if, if your wife and if wives, if your husband, if they're doing something that you just feel in your gut, this is not good for us. Let me tell you, say something. Is it going to make them mad? Possibly. But you'd rather be upset as divorced. You'd rather be upset with them for a week or so, let them get over it, than you would be split up 29 years. Uh, Taking all that time you were together and throwing it out the window. Yeah. You've got to communicate with your partner and work through it. It's not just a you thing or no. a her thing or him thing. It has to be a we thing. It is a we thing. Yeah. And probably on the front end, on the front end, if the husband was going out Tuesday night shooting pool, maybe the wife was like, God, I'm glad he's gone on Tuesday nights. Maybe that's the way it started out. But then it turned into Tuesday and Thursday and maybe Saturday morning. So these things, you know, Maybe on one end got it started and the other end started to enjoy it. You're not growing together. You're growing apart. That's not marriage. That's a single life. And if you shoot for a single life, you're going to wind up with it. You shoot for a single life while you're married. Yep. You're going to have it. It's going to end up bad. Yep. It's going to end up single. But if one of them shoots for a single life in a marriage, you're going to wind up single too. Yep. So you've got to have... 
communication with your spouse. You've got to. It's it's just a it's just something you have to do. If you don't like talking, if you don't like communicating, you know I get it. Everybody's not the same. Everybody's not as talkative as Chris. Everybody don't have the words you know for every question there is, and so you know we're not all that way. So sometimes you got to go out of your comfort zone and say, hey spouse, hey hey honey. You know, I don't like this or I don't like that. And so you got to sit down and, and you got to talk about it. It's difficult raising children and having a quiet com, uh, conversation with your spouse in a room. And, and, you know, that's difficult. But, you know, maybe you slip her a note and say, hey, you know, I love you. Uh, let's let's get this straightened out. Or, or But, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty for me. I can tell you what I should have, could have, would have done. Uh, but maybe I can help somebody else out. But, I mean, it- I don't know why I said, but, but because you know that's good. But. The best things in life aren't usually that easy. No, the best no. thing the you see in the in hindsight, the best things that have happened to you, happened with you, happened for you, the things you've worked for, mm-hmm. and so working on a marriage can be just so much better. But that you've worked on, you know, I look and and say through the lack of communication we had for many years. Um, one thing, one thing great, two things great did come out of the marriage and that's children. I'd know, I'd not go back and change anything if that meant I didn't have the kids. That is a, and I'm, you would agree with that a thousand percent. Oh yeah. Uh, things that were great, uh, is great in your marriage is your children. Uh, that is, you love your wife with all your heart, mind, and soul. <laughs> there ain't nothing about you that don't love your wife. But those children, that's a different love that, you know, you had. You think about this. You had to select your wife. You had to pick her out of the millions of people. Not that you were going to see a million people to select one, but you selected her. She selected you out Your of everybody else. The no, they did not they, get to pick who their they, parents are. They just were there. But you selected your spouse. That's got to be exciting to sit around and think about all the other folks around, and they selected you, or you selected them. Um, you know, love grows and love falls apart. Uh, communicating and understanding one another and seeing that love grow. Love can mm. fall apart. Yes, it can. I, I won't say. And that if you it, let it, it will. Well, just you said love fall, grows. Falls, love and grows and love falls that's, apart. That, and, those are separate. Okay. I, uh, but love. It's like one love grows. Two love can. So yeah, as love does grow over years, and I I'll use my mother and father for an example one more time because they're the. They're the longest couple I've known, as long as they've been married, longest ones I've ever known. Uh, 50, let me let me get an exact number. Since I got mine exact, 55 years. Sorry if that's wrong. 50, 50. Well, it's their marriage. Why would you, how are you supposed to know how many? 55 years in June. So, because I'm, <laughs> I'm a product of that marriage. But to see their growth over the years that I've known them and to see, you know, has it, it's never been easy street. It's always been a, a work in progress. And they would be the first ones to tell you that. 
But to see them work at a collective goal, you know, if you and your wife are working towards something, but it isn't the same goal, I mean, you can each achieve something in this life, but it's not going to be together. And as married couple, as a married couple, you should be aiming toward a collective goal together. Yes, because if you're, if you have two separate goals, you're moving further and further away. You can meet them, but you're not going to meet them together, and that's not what marriage is about. A mar- the marriage, a marriage, is a journey together. Hey, we thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll try to do this deal again.